Australia by eight wickets and a 3 0 series sweep, which perhaps doesn't tell the full story of Pakistan's tour. They played without fear, as I said. They had opportunities. In the end, Pat Cummins' Australians were again far too strong, but Pakistan lost no admirers either. One bloke who always has plenty of admirers, he's a member of our Grandstand Cricket commentary team, former Australian quick, Stuart Clark, can join me first up. Stuart, appreciate your time. G'day, Spriggy. You were nervous I wasn't going to answer, weren't you? Oh, you were so very nervous. <laughs> I, I try to have a few things up my sleeve pre-recorded, but of course, the, the, the nature of a, a day five scramble <laughs> yeah, is uh, keep it live. Anyway, here you are. Um, look, David Warner got the farewell he was after. Australia got that clean sweep. They go back to number one in the test rankings. Pakistan, uh, again, took a few wrong turns at crucial times. What's your overarching takeaway from this series? Uh, look, probably better than we expected. We were a little bit nervous that we were going to get a pretty dour um, series. We weren't sure what Pakistan offered. We weren't sure if they could play. We didn't know a lot of the players in their team. They're very young. But we got a very, very competitive series. And look, you've got to, I think my lasting memory of this series is um, Pakistan did a lot better than was expected. And if it wasn't for some of their inept catching, um, the result may have been a little bit closer i think australia's obviously the more dominant team but uh, yeah it would have been a uh, it would have been a far closer series it's you know it's a shame when you can't catch it first slip Yes, as I said, the result doesn't really do it justice because Pakistan was competitive in Melbourne. They looked right in the mix in Sydney, if not for, you mentioned that the bad fielding and catching, but also a freakish spell from Josh Hazelwood late on day three. And look, in the midst of all this discussion about the future of Test cricket, a nation like Pakistan needs the opportunity to play against Australia so they can close the gap and we can get series that deliver in the way that this one looked like it might. They can't all be classics, uh, Saf, can they? They can't all be like the, the most recent Ashes series but surely the answer to Test Cricket's survival is, is giving a side like Pakistan the chance to play Test Cricket and, and, and not play only four or five Tests a year. Absolutely. And the only way you will get better at playing Test Cricket is play Test Cricket. So from that point of view, um, absolutely. Just talking to the Pakistan players post-match, um, you know, different stages we interviewed, um, Jamal, Shaquille, um, you know, whoever it may be, they all want to play more Test Cricket. Mm. They're all keen to play more Test Cricket. Um, but obviously with the tours and their own independent cricket boards and whatever it may be, they aren't afforded that opportunity. And unfortunately, they they suffer because of it. They, you know, them playing against Australia was such a great experience for all of them, whether it be bat, ball and field. And yes, they lost 3-0, but they all go away, I think, learning something and learning what they need to do. Uh, what does it say about the way we manage our bowlers? Because I know that in the past, you know, people tend to roll their eyes about resting or managing players, especially for a test match. But you look at Pat Cummins, the example. Cricket Australia was patient with how he was managed after his debut as a teenager. He missed a lot of cricket, of course, with the ongoing injuries. And now at age 30 and captain, he's bowling as well as anyone and probably has the conditioning of a 25-year-old. But that's a, a real success from Australia's point of view, isn't it? 100%. They, look, they got that one right with Pat Cummins. I, I think the trick to fast bowling and, you know, look at someone like Mitchell Stark. He's back pretty much played all the time. He hasn't had any serious back injuries. He's had a couple of ankles and knees and fingers and whatnot. But I, I think sometimes as cricket administrators or cricket people, we, we get caught up in this. We've got to find the right way to do something. There's only one. Well, cricket's one of those games is there are numerous ways to get the job done. Not everyone can bowl like Shane Warne, bat like Don Bradman or Ricky Ponting. So just because you're not classical, in a sense, Steve Smith, best example, case in point, you don't have to bat like Greg Chappell to be successful. Bowling's the same thing. Pat Cummins, the best thing they did for him is give him a rest. Well done. They got that one right. 
That doesn't mean Pat is the prototype for everyone else. That worked for Pat. Look at the individual, see how strong the individual is or fit or whatever it is, whatever the metric is you're going to use. And then if he's good enough to play when he's 23 or if he's good enough to play at 34 or whatever, oh, Scott Boland, look, look at him. He's 31 yeah. years old. He's getting better and better. He's not too old now. He's the perfect example. It's just taken him a lot longer to get there. Uh, what was the highlight for... I'll come back to the Aussie bowlers. What was the highlight for Pakistan? Amir Jamal, who you spoke to, we, we spoke at length about his history of playing club cricket in, in Sydney or at the, the Hawkesbury. And um, What was the highlight for Pakistan's point of view across, I guess, the match or the series? Uh, Jamal, for me, he stands out. He was man of the match in Sydney. You know, he got 80-odd and picked up six first, so he was good. I think Shan Masood, whilst he got a couple of 50s and really didn't kick on, I think his positive intent that he's brought over this team, that they're going to go out and have compete. They're going to go out and play. They're going to go out and have a bit of fun doing it. I think that was a, a really, really positive sign because um, the cricket, you know, they, they can be a bit negative sometimes. They weren't that at all. Mohamed Rizwan, very positive. He was good in the last two tests and, you know, batted beautifully in Melbourne and Sydney. Um, if Barbara Azam can get back and find his best form, I think he can be uh, he can be just another you know, world-class player. And then you've got Sean Afridi, who unfortunately rested for mm. T20 cricket, but... Look, he's a quality bowler. If you had in Nazim, who's got a shoulder injury, they've got the bones of a pretty decent team. I think their spin option maybe needs a little bit of work, but I'm pretty sure in Pakistan they'll be able to find a spinner or two. Yeah, and that's the one thing that Pakistan haven't done so well across the formats is manage their bowlers. I'll speak about the success story there for Australia. And, of course, there's you talk about the, the resources available to Australia and, and all the rest of it, but Pakistan hasn't managed its quicks uh, as well. So I can understand in some ways why they're, they're a little sort of shy about Shaheen playing in, in this third test match, even though they, they had a chance to, to win. But um, uh, anyway, that, that's what they chose to do. Back to Australia. Is Josh Hazelwood Australia's best all-format performer? And has he been that for quite some time? Uh, just an interesting one. I think uh, oh, look, all three of them are pretty good, to be honest with you. If you look at you know, Hazelwood, he's been good in all. He's been, he hasn't played a lot of test cricket in recent times through injury, but he was excellent in this series. Um, Cummins and Stark, I think you've got to look at Pat Cummins. Oh, look, I, I, I'd struggle to split all three of them. I think if I was picking a team today, any team in the world, all three of them would be in my team, um, no matter how you want to cut and dice it, because they've just got you've, you've just got left arm variety. You've got the you know the guile of Pat Cummins and the ability to bowl a bit faster if need be, and then you've got Josh Hazelwood, that man that just can line, land it on a two cent coin for ball after ball and get good bounce. So, oh, you know, it, it very hard to split them. I think the key to it all, though, and it's funny, is, is is actually Nathan Lyon. And whilst he didn't have these greatest series. His ability to bowl from one end and not go for many and just keep it tight and give them all a rest, he, he's really important to it all. Yeah, and doesn't seem to have the same sort of success at the SCG, does he, Nathan Lyon? But um, as you say, he's yeah. an important part of that, that quartet. Yeah, the wicket hasn't really turned in the last... It turned, started to turn a little bit um, on day end of day three and he really uh, he, he came into his own a little bit later in the game. The wicket was actually a lot better in in Sydney. It started to turn, and whilst it was a bit slow and no pace, the, the actual SCG spinning, as which we all romanticise about, there was a little bit of it there. And um, at different stages, you saw some uh, some vicious spin from all the spinners. I've got a few texts, which we'll get to in a second. Zero four six seven nine two zero triple two, which speak to the polarising nature of this man. Warner's got a slip in the short leg, a deep backward square, a long off. And he's just... And a long one. 
And he's waiting for Salman's little tweaker. And he goes back and says, yep, let's have one. Will he get two? He's thinking of a second. No, 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 no. Danger there. That's his half century in his final test. David Warner on his home ground in front of a very encouraging and expectant crowd raises his bat and gets a hug from Manus Labuschagne. That's probably the most undemonstrative celebration we've seen from Warner. Very gently as he goes. Very, very gently. The very gentle voice of Stuart Clark alongside Jim Maxwell. Stuart's with me now. And um, as we reflect on the match and the series, how will David Warner be remembered? Uh, I, I accept he's polarising and he's not everyone's cup of tea. He'll, he'll be remembered as a guy that got 8,000-plus test runs for Australia. Dynamic opening by, um, batsman. Changed this game. Kid that came from T20 cricket to Test cricket played 112 Tests. Um, that, that's how I'll remember David Warner. Look, others will remember other stuff, but look, I uh, he, he was an entertainer, and certainly when he went out to bat, there was always something happening. As to the question now of who replaces him, we know there will be at least one change for the Australian squad from the Pakistan series into the two tests against the West Indies. Here's what Steve Smith offered when you spoke to him during the week. I'm actually happy to go up the top. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen if they if that's what they want to do. So um, I'm sure the selectors and, and Ron and Paddy and stuff will have a chat after this game. But, yeah, I'm certainly interested for sure. Well, I think Pat Cummins sort of poured cold water on that, um, didn't he, Stuart, as far as not wanting to make too many changes to the order as it currently stands. But what did you make of that? And I guess overall, what's your, what's your thinking around who takes Warner's place? Uh, well, interesting. Stephen wants to do it. He seems adamant. He seems keen to want to do it. So if that's the case, then yeah, good luck to him. I'm, uh, who am I to tell the guy that's averaging just under 60 in test cricket where he should bat? Um, interesting. I don't know if the selectors will have the same um, interest or thought. They may do, but I, uh, it'll, that's probably to play out the next couple of weeks, at least the next week. Uh, a lot of talk during the week about who will replace the last couple of weeks. So Renshaw, Harris, Bancroft, um, look, they're all doing well, and and either and all of them would would fit in. If it was me, I'd probably I'd lean towards Renshaw. No real reason other than I think I like the fact he's played before, gone back and scored plenty of runs at domestic cricket, as they all have. Uh, but I don't think they'll go that way. I, I might, if, without having any say in it, I think they'll go with Cameron Green. They want him back in the team. He's been around the group. They like him in the team. Um, Andrew McDonald hinted at that at different stages in a couple of press conferences he did. So for me, I think you'll find Cameron Green um, into the into the into at least the 12 and mm. probably the 11. He'll be in the squad somewhere, won't he? I mean, it's a matter of what capacity. Uh, they want Cameron Green around that group. Uh, so the West Indies, I've got seven uncapped players coming out here as part of the, I think it's a 15-man squad. What do you know about the West Indies team? Uh, not a lot. Uh, uncapped. <laughs> I'm going to do some research. No Jason Holder. Before. Yeah, no Holder. None of the names of yesteryear that you may have, you know, the Bravos and co. Uh, mm. um, that, look, well, we didn't know a lot about Pakistan. The only thing I'd say, we didn't know, and we were nervous about what we were going to get with them, and we got a really good series. Um, I'm hoping we get the same. I think Chanderpaul's the one that, you know, we, we probably walled her, son of Shivarine, but he was out here last year as well. I think he's playing. Um, we know he can bat long periods of time. I'm hoping that they do what Pakistan did and they come out and they show some fight with with bat and ball and you know, try and take Australia on. It'll be hard work in Adelaide. The wicket will be pretty good for batting on, you'd imagine. But 
um, let's hope that they come out and put on a good show. Well, the good news is for all of us, Stuart, we've got Carl Hooper joining us later on the program, and he's forgotten more about West News cricket than you know. So <laughs> I can't wait to hear from him. He'll be a part of our commentary team for that series, which starts Wednesday week. Are you heading to are you the part of the Adelaide team? I will be heading for my uh, first time trip to Adelaide with you guys. Uh, I, you know, I, talking to my people, spoke to your people, who yep. spoke to their people, and uh, all the people got together and they convinced me to do it. So, um, no, I'm really, no, mate, I'm saying that, really looking forward to it. Um, love it. It was great fun sitting in the commentary box, sitting into Jim and Andrew and, and you when you're in there. So, mate, when you get an opportunity to do it, you, uh, you grab it with both arms and you have a lash at it. Uh, awesome, Stuart. Appreciate your time and we'll hear from you again soon. Get on your spriggy and enjoy it. Never, never, never worry. I'll always be there. If I tell you I'm going to be on, mate, I'll be on. Eventually. Stuart Clark, former Australian fast bowler with us on Grandstand Around Australia.